another episode of the Menswear Style Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Brooker. Today on the show, I'm going to be speaking to Andreas von der Heider. He is the co-founder of Ledoux. And Ledoux, for the uninitiated, let me tell you, they are the meeting of opposites, something profound and something new. Uh, they, they dare to carve their own path. And this is the reason their raison d'etre is to design clothes that make people challenge their habits, confront the status quo. And they are stocked globally in more than 800 international retailers. So I'm sure you're familiar. But here is Andreas to tell us a story about Ledoux in his own words. Personally, I, uh, I'm 32 years old. I, I have three kids and I'm, I'm married to uh, Louise, my wife. Uh, professionally, I, uh, I've never have really had another job than, uh, than Ledoux. I was in, in, uh, in law school when it all kicked up or actually the year before, it's 10 years ago. Um, and basically, it was just about being an entrepreneur and maybe not so much about the fashion industry. I mean, I, I've always loved fashion, uh, probably a little bit more commercial than the high fashion, but I've always loved the fashion scene and, and to be dressed nice and good qualities and so on. So um, I didn't have any knowledge. I just I just wanted to get my hands on stuff and started building something. I didn't see myself as a lawyer, but but it was a good education. My family thought. Um, so in the beginning, it was very simple. Actually, we just bought a lot, whole lot of military patches, old military patches from from the UK, from France, and and so on. And then we have a bunch of white T-shirt, and we were sewing them on the the T-shirt uh, ourselves. <laughs> so and so 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 basically that that's it um we didn't have a lot of strategies or, or we didn't know anything about qualities fashion fairs so everything you see today with more than 800 retailers throughout europe uh, and entering the us and canada and right now is is self-taught and it's something we have learned throughout the years nice and so sewing patches onto white t-shirts and this is 10 years ago. So what was the landscape like then? Are we online doing it or is it bricks and mortar? Is it out your uh, no, uh, this was basically, it was just friends. And I think we had Facebook. We didn't have a, we didn't have a homepage or anything, but we could sell it off. So it, it was just a rumor on the street that we were doing this. Um, the background for Le Deux, it, it's French and, and we are Danish brand, but I started out with a guy called uh, Virgil Nicola and he's a, politi- uh, a political refugee from uh, Congo. So, what we wanted with Ledo was that we wanted to show how strong a brand can be or two persons can be when they work together, even though that they come from separate backgrounds, separate families. Uh, and also in these times, uh, Virgil is, uh, is Afro-American and or what you're allowed to say today. Uh, and and, uh, and I'm, a, I'm a white boy. Uh, so <laughs> we're allowed to say uh, <laughs> Yeah, d- despite, despite our differences... Uh, it was just a really strong uh, connection between Virgil and I. So Ledoux means the two in French, and uh, it's the story of two uh, different cultures coming together to create something unique, and that is Ledoux to me and, and us. Nice. And did you, so did you get any kind of training in how to make garments, or did you take night classes in fashion school, anything like that? No, no, I was in law school, and I actually ended up finishing law school. It took me five years uh, while building Ledoux. Um so no, absolutely not. I, I know a lot today, but I've always said I'm really good at building a brand or creating a brand story. So I've actually aligned with a lot of really talented people throughout the years. In the beginning, we were just paying too much for the clothes, but we had like a, like a middleman taking care of all the garments, the production and so on. And then we visited all the production sites. Uh, and then I've learned uh, along the way. And then after 
I think it was five, four or five years, uh, we could afford to, to hire our own production team. So we went from these two guys uh, with a dream uh, just in the beginning to get some T-shirts out there. And, um, and then we always said, who is Ralph? Because we wanted to compete international. And, um, and that became, uh, that became uh, a dream. That, that dream became true, yeah. Are those T-shirts still around today, Andreas? Those original white ones with the patches on. Whereabouts are they? They are actually. We uh, when when pe- when we are putting it out uh, on on LinkedIn and so much, asking for these T-shirts uh, back to the to the company. And every time we open a new shop, we will have uh, have the T-shirts framed with a story um, below the T-shirt. So when you visit one of our shop right now, it's only in in, in Denmark, but you will you will get the story and uh, and you can see one of the T-shirts. I love that. And then I have one. I have one myself. So basically, <laughs> in the beginning, I thought that was one of the most beautiful T-shirts, and uh, I saw big potential in them, and that's why we started. So, so financially, we also just started out with one thousand pounds, and today we have a, a turnover of uh, just around uh, twenty-two million euros. So, oh, wow. so it's been quite a journey. Yeah, that's fantastic. And so there's there's no kind of like investor debt or kind of seed rounds going on or anything like that. <laughs> After after a couple of years, when we had to do a professional company, uh, one of my friend's father came on board with uh, Christopher, and Christopher is my partner today. Um, so uh, so he was actually our bank, and uh, and for that he got some. Uh, he, he became a part owner, but we haven't been financed by a bank. We were financed by Christopher's father, and then Christopher stepped in, and today he's the CEO, and I'm the the brand director. Okay, and what's your day-to-day like, Andreas? I mean, I imagine it changes from day-to-day in terms of what you have to do, but what, what is your overriding day with the tasks you have to change? So, so uh, Christopher and I, we, we, we kind of split it up. Everything you can see, feel, and touch, uh, that's me. And everything that we call the back office is uh, Christopher running that. So everything brand-wise, talking to you, uh, meeting new agents and, and getting the brand out in the world. That's me. I get to travel a lot when we don't have the COVID-19 situation. And uh, basically, I'm just out there and doing all the creative, funny things. And uh, <laughs> then I have a really strong backbone with uh, Christopher supporting me for back from home. Okay. And creating the garments as well. Do you sign off on all the designs? I don't, I don't sign off, but I look through the collection and I come with my opinion and I'm also part of the beginning, how we build the structure and, and going through the data, what sells and, and what should be added to the collection. Uh, we've just launched shoes. We have just launched a lot of new accessories. And, and that part I've been a, a big part of. Right. Yeah. So let's maybe for the people that haven't had the chance to, to look at your brand yet, talk about the signature look, I suppose. I mean, the, you describe it as a hybrid of prep boy, Ivy League and, and street fashions. Uh, maybe you can just start for the people that aren't familiar with an Ivy League look. What is that? Uh, that's a, for me. That's a that's a classic Ralph Lauren look, like the open. He came out in the the nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties. What he did there were amazing, and and that's just the uh, yeah from the Ivy League in, in in the US how they dress. It's it's very classic. It's uh, Oxford. It's it's uh, it's layers, but in in the end, it's good qualities. And it's, it's strong knits and so on. So what we wanted to build was that we know that we have a core foundation of the company, which is what you would call the the more preppy side or the more classical side with the Oxford shirts, the dress pants and so on. And that never goes out of fashion. We don't want to be just a, yet another fashion company that doing all the crazy stuff never earns money and then they are out of business. So we wanted to build a really strong business, uh, business around what we uh, around the brand. 
Uh, and then we have the other side, which is the more street part, which is uh, the wider pants. It's uh, the oversized uh, T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies coming in right now. And the more street we, uh, with, the, with the street soccer or the, the basketball theme that we are that we own right now. So it's, it's the new unique hybrid between those two that creates the magic around the two. Right. And, and, and it keeps us relevant all the time, yeah, even okay. though the fashion changes. So you're, you're always kind of taking inspiration from classic brands and classic looks and then interpreting perhaps new trends or, or, or where exactly. it's heading. I, ha- I have so much respect for what Mr. Ralph Lauren did for, for the fashion world and how he have built his company. Uh, and right now we are, we are trying to do an in- interpretation of that and taking it into the 2021 uh, with all due respect to their legacy. So, uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's nice. Well, if you're going to draw inspiration from anyone, may as well draw yeah. from anyone. <laughs> what about other brands and contemporaries or maybe like your own personal inspirations, Andreas? Style icons and films, do you draw upon them at all? Yeah. Um, style-wise, I mean, I have a lot of uh, brands that I have respect about. Uh, Emilie and all what they have done, uh, I think it's, it's, it's really strong lately. Uh, Amy Paris, has also been a big inspiration for us and and uh, and and we have a, a great respect for 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 that company um in general in i i love music i love the art scene i i i i'm actually not really strong in 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 movies but when we go back and and when we look at um what we're trying to do with Ledoux is that we always have to find somewhere in time and take where two different worlds meet each other. That could be in the Berlin after the, after the wall fell uh, and taking uh, the, the magic happens when the two differences come into one. So, so the story around the brand is, is, uh, is strong and we find in um, inspiration in, in, uh, in the history and, and not only films and music and so on, but, but a lot of, a lot of what has been going on in, in uh, history. Right. And your own personal style, do you get to like, wear a lot of your, clo- your own clothes that you make? I mean, do you, are you kind of now conscious that you have to be dressing well pretty much all the time? Um, I'm fully dressed in the doom almost all the time. Right now, I actually have, I'm wearing uh, some pants from Mr. P, from uh, Mr. Porter's own brand. But, but um, I love what we are doing. And as long as I can see myself, and if I have to be really honest with you, there was at, at a certain point where I, where I wasn't maybe fully on what we were doing. Um, but today in the collection that we're having out now, I, I, think, it, I think personally it's, it's so strong that I couldn't see myself wearing anything else. Um, yeah. Because there is a responsibility that comes with all this, right? Uh, I'll, I'll say it's probably a bit of a loaded question, but... I just released a book uh, myself on the style of James Bond. And I I feel now that once I put my name to a book and a subject that when people come and ask you stuff, you kind of have to know the answers. Otherwise it looks like a (laughs) charlatan. Right. Um, And so with the same regards to like all kinds of things, fashion and design and staying on board the trends and fabrics and like what, what kind of fabrics does what, you know, you have to kind of really know your onions, especially in someone mm. in your position. Do you feel any of that responsibility or pressure at all? I don't know whether I feel a, I feel a responsibility, but but uh, with all due respect, if there's an answer I, ca- I can't answer, uh, then then I will. I can always say I will go out and figure out. But I think you need to know something about 
textiles. Uh, but for me, it's, it's a lot about the brand building. I've always focused about the brand and I've always said to my team, the product needs to be really strong. It needs to be high quality. It needs to be high quality, fair prices. That's, that's the range that we are in. Um, so if you ask me a question about some textile, uh, it's not certain that I, I could give you the, the right answer, but I know where to find it. Um, so maybe maybe it's a pressure, but but uh, but for me, I don't look at it specific as the fashion industry. I'm building a strong brand with some great people and 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 living uh, and living the dream that that uh, my alternative was to be a lawyer. So I'm just really happy that uh, I've gotten to 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 build this amazing brand. Nice. Um, so so no pressure here. Nice. Well, actually, that's the sort of approach I take. I co-authored it, I should say. And uh, if, if I don't know an answer, I'll just say, oh, I'll e- email my co-author. And he- <laughs> <laughs> I'll kind of shirk responsibility and uh, just deflect it. That's always good. Literally, right. Um, Andrew, talk to me about uh, the, the growth of the brand. Are we looking to build more bricks and mortar? Or are we looking to be more of a force online? How's it going? Yeah, I mean, growing online, of course, uh, I, I look at online in, in two ways. We have the e-tailers where we're looking at uh, a strong uh, wholesale online. Um, that's one part that they're, they're getting bigger and bigger. And then we, are, of course, growing our own online and online is becoming more and more important. But what I see and what I love about brands is the, the whole connection between online and offline, uh, especially being a men's brand. I think what we see is that men still want the story they still want the beer how does little taste how does it smell uh, how how is the garment i need to try it on and when they find that brand that suits them really well they become loyal yeah. but but our brick and mortar is is a important part of our growth online um so we will build more with uh with brick and mortar uh, right now we are looking at opening in norway and then we are going towards germany and hopefully afterwards it will become uh, the UK, uh, UK's turn. So, so uh, the balance between, you won't see us open 100 shops tomorrow, but we're doing it and when they're profitable, we open the next and we build a healthy business on that. I see. Yeah, I look forward to you coming to London. <laughs> well, yeah. Hopefully London. But, Have you been to London much recently? Well, maybe not in the pandemic. Not, 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 not recently uh, during the, the pandemic, but before we travel quite a lot. We have a really strong setup with a, with a strong showroom. We have a really good team in, in the UK, working with some of the, the strongest uh, department stores over there. So, so um, yeah, I, I, I tend to travel to London quite a lot, and then I love the city, of course. Great. Yeah, I mean, some of the looks for, for people that want to check out the website, we'll put all the links over on the show notes, but um, ledu.co.uk is where I'm at the moment, checking out some of the jackets. Certainly need some of those right now. Weather over here is pretty, uh, pretty average. It's raining, right? Flash floods. It's raining, <laughs> raining right now. It's a bit crazy, but they're actually really, now take this within the spirit that's intended, Andreas, but really reasonably priced as well. Like the, you know, getting just an overshirt or a jacket for under 80 pounds, like a corduroy jacket as well for just over a hundred pounds. I mean, these aren't kind of like crazy prices where only the elite can shop here. No. And I think that's the strength that we can be, we are available, available in a, in a lot of uh, high end fashion places. Uh, we have the Nordstrom in, in, in the U S we have zoom in Ukraine and so on. And, and, uh, and, and, if you look at Europe, which is probably our strongest, we are available in some of the best department stores, best shops out there. But we are also available in in uh, in the local shops around there. And we've always said that we wanted 
the best shops. Even one one thing can be the best shop in London, and then you can go outside London, and then you can find the best shop uh, in the local city. So we want to be available in in the best spots in the local city. Nice. Yeah, sorry, I'm taking a pause. I really like this stuff. I really like the, uh, the linen tensile hybrid. So are these are uh, these collections are kind of they evergreen on the site. I notice that you have other collections that people can explore, or do you kind of mm. dip collections and then they become like collectors' pieces? Mm, I don't know whether they become. I, to be fairly honest with you, I, I think we're a little bit too commercial to be a collector's piece then i would but 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 looking back i, I would say that now our little first t-shirts uh, and everybody if, if anybody's out there listening got one of the t-shirts please send it towards us uh that's become a collector's item especially for for the little army back here in, in scandinavia there you go you never know if i get one of these pieces today you could be hunting me down in 10 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and i will <laughs> um andres uh Talk to me about social media. I'm curious to know what founders and co-founders, etc., do in their spare time with social media. Do you kind of hang out and do your own channels, or do you kind of give it a wide berth altogether? What's your relationship? I actually, I actually took the decision a couple of years ago because I was available all the time. I was having a lot of followers on Instagram. I was having a lot of followers on Facebook and so on. So I actually took the decision to get off. I mean, I spent too much time on it. Uh, my 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 co-founder Christopher, he was like, "What the fuck are you doing? You're such a big part of the brand." Um, so, um, but but I, I I had a I had one guy walking up to me in in uh, when I was out, and he asked for my family how how uh, Hamilton my son was, and and that became a little bit too close. So. Um, Sorry, yeah, so so I uh, no worries. <laughs> uh, so so I decided to get off, and right now I'm using uh, Instagram on just uh, my own, just to watch how the do is growing, and right. and and to be with the closest family and friends. So you won't see me very active on social media in general. That's a nice place to be because it's it must be a bit of a bind for people that start their brand and feel like they have to be in the community and always turned on and be relevant, etc. And then it yeah. can be a hard thing to let go and delegate because you're now the voice of that brand. And now you have to kind of give it to someone else and, and trust them. Uh, yeah. But, but what we did there was that we created something we called the, the, the next gen and the next gen is the next generation of course, taking over. So that's our talent team, our talent program where we take these young guys and they have to activate their social media. They're getting a certain education and so on, but, but we need, I mean, Ledeau can be reliable on me only. So we're trying to um, let people get in on our creative director, on Christopher as a CEO and how their daily life is. Um, and Matthias, he ha- he's doing our creative director. He has his own Instagram and professional Instagram running that very smoothly. So um, so that's his part. Nice. I like to be, be drawn a little bit in the background. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, Andres, thanks for your time. I uh, really appreciate it. Great brand. I uh, really enjoyed the story. And again, people can check out the website, leddo.co.uk if you're in the UK, but obviously there's other places that you can uh, visit the site. And also on Instagram, you won't find uh, Andreas there, but you can find the brand. Sometimes I'm staring the site. You never know. He might be there in the background <laughs> checking in on things. That's Ledoux on Instagram as well. Um, and yeah, Thanks for coming on. What's next, by the way? You said that you just released some accessories, but are you are you now knee deep in another collection, or what's what's on the to do list now? Of course, uh, the whole thing 
Yeah, yeah. We, we've just launched uh, product-wise uh, really nice shoes and really nice success in general. And then a lot of my time is going with uh, the sustainability and how we can look into the whole recycle program. And we just launched Lido Rewear. If you look at the page also, it, it's really strong. Right now you can take your worn garments, send it to us, and we'll wash them. And, and, and the garments that can be resold will be resold online. Uh, and and big part of me, especially after having kids, is, is the responsibility that we have and, and the legacy that we have to leave uh, leave behind. And and the last thing that I'm really proud of is uh, is our is our talent program where we take young kids, which uh, which is uh, having uh, some trouble in their lives, and we are helping them with a with a mentor and and a, t- a teeth, what do you call it in English, uh, like a program for them to to finish school and and get a job afterwards, hopefully in Lido. But uh, that's that's a big part of my my job uh, during these days. Nice. How old did you say you were? Thirty-one. Thirty-two. Thirty-two. Okay. <laughs> I was doing nothing at thirty-two. <laughs> I'm still working construction on the way to the pub. Brilliant. All right, mate. Well, listen. Um, best of luck. It looks great. The uh, I'm on the rewearable site now. The sustainable element of it looks really cool. Love the the tonal shoes. I do like it because it's not so over-branded. Like, there's no huge signature logos or graphics, um, which is kind of up that's, right in my wheelhouse, at least. That's good. That's very Scandinavian, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely right out yes. Brilliant. All right, Andrew, so I'll let you go. But thanks for joining us today. And Thank uh, you, Peter. Well, how about that? Thank you, Andreas, again. The website ledoux.co.uk or just head over to the website www.menswearstyle.co.uk we'll put all the show notes over there and you can follow us on the social at menswearstyle and we'll keep you posted when we upload new podcasts new articles and whatnot in the meantime thank you for listening thank you for making it through this far if you do like what you hear leave us a review if you want to come on the show maybe tell us about your brand tell us about your journey you can email us here info at menswearstyle.co.uk until next time